and into the pesky pole. And that's going to get down the line. That one looks like it'll stay fair. And goodbye, home run. The pesky pole. The 2-2. Swinging a fly ball deep down the right field line. Slicing by the pesky pole. And that ball hits the pesky pole. Which means it's going home run. 3-2 high flight on the right field line. Slicing toward the pesky pole into the corner. And that ball is gone. A green can. Now in a high fly down the right field line, headed toward the pesky pole. Is he going to tuck it inside? Indeed he does. That is gone. Welcome to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am your host, The Rit. With me is the OG, George Sutherland, and my main man, DC. What's going on, DC? How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Not bad, not bad. George, what about you? What's going on with you? How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Everything is uh, everything's really good these days. Well, my man Eminem made a song. George, you might not know it. Cleaning <laughs> out the closet. But so far, the playoffs aren't even over yet. And the Red Sox are starting to clean out the roster. So let's start with that. You know, uh, I tweeted out there yesterday how the two of the biggest uh, problems the Red Sox had all season, pitching and defense. And we've seen so far the first two things that they did so Feebles, Bush, gone. So let's start with D.C. Let's start with you. Uh, what did you think when you uh, read about Bush and Feebles both uh, being gone? Uh, I really wasn't too surprised. I definitely wasn't surprised about Bush. Um, Team ERA has been pretty terrible the last two, uh, two, two years. Can't make it through uh, more than three, four innings, you know, one and a half times through the lineup. He isn't going to do it. Um, Feebles, I just, I mean, I was a little surprised on, I guess, but, you know, he's been there for so long. And like George was saying when we were in the chat, you know, a great minor league coach. Um, Obviously, 102 errors this year, I think it was, something like that. Just can't be happening, especially when you're an infield instructor. But uh, definitely wasn't surprised about the Bush. I'm fairly happy about that. You know, I hate to see somebody lose their job, but they need definitely improvement in the pitching department. Yeah, uh, I sit there and, like, with Feebles, there was a couple games where, you know, we could have sit there and sent someone, and he didn't, and we lost. There was a couple games where he sent people, you know, and we lost. So Feebles was kind of like damned if he did, damned if he didn't sometimes. But uh, it, it was a little weird because uh, didn't didn't uh, somebody put an article out how Feebles was going to start working with uh, Valdez, right. you know, uh, in the offseason? George, right. what, what were your thoughts? Well, I mean, Bush is no surprise. I mean, you know, let's face it, the pitching staff was was horrible. I mean, it wasn't entirely his fault if you look at the Flotsam and Jetson that Heim kind of dumped on his lap. Uh, nobody was going to succeed with that. So there had to be a sacrificial lamb, and Dave Bush was that guy. Carlos Fables is a bit of a surprise to me. Um, he's very tight with AC. He's a very engaging guy. I got to see him in Portland a couple years ago when he was the uh, – probably three, four years ago now uh, when he was the manager up here. Very engaging um, uh, good teacher, uh, good person. Um, however, again, when you can't fire a whole team, somebody has to go. 
Uh, so he was the third base coach and he didn't do a bad job and he was the infield coach. That's the thing that got him fired. Um, they said he was tight with AC and that, that, that surprised me. AC had already promised, uh, said that he was going to play a lead role this winter in helping make the defense better with the infielders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's not going to happen now. Um, you know, I think Eddie Romero, uh, who's currently running things while they're in search of a new CBO, went to AC and said, look, Carlos is gone. Um, and I know that had to be a hard conversation to have. But it, it, I suspect Romero was behind this. And the other thing, too, is, you know, with the rule changes this year, the defense is now important again. You know, we had an entire generation of players who gotten away with marginal or even shoddy defense, and the new rules have put a premium on it. So, you know, the Red Sox are trying to get out in front of the curve in that, and I think it's a really good thing. Um, I, I'm just sorry that Carlos Fabulous was one of the sacrificial lambs because he's a good guy. He'll catch on with somebody. Okay, DC, huge question for you. Is Do you think it's a coincidence the same day Feebles gets left go, there was a, there, there was a second baseman in Boston, a former second baseman, front row watching a Celtics game with the biggest smile he's ever had on his uh, face, Dustin Pedroia. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't look into that too much. I think he was just there. I don't think he really wants to get into coaching just yet. He's a pretty private guy. I mean, I'd be obviously pretty stoked if uh, he was a part of the organization. I just don't see it just yet. Uh, George, what are your thoughts if they would make uh, Pedroia? I I, I don't see him becoming a full-time coach. I think you'll see what he did uh, last spring training where he comes down and works with the infielders for a little bit. He'll, you know, AC will have him in there. Um, he's still got his, his boys are still young. Okay. And I think he wants to be a good parent and, you know, kind of be a good role model for them. So I don't see him jumping into that fire just yet. Uh, maybe a couple, maybe three or four years down the line. Yeah. But I think right now, no. Uh, roving instructor, you know, kind of like all the veterans do. Who come back, yes, but I don't see him full time. I think DC's right. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I, I do love how uh, Pedroia always comes comes back to help out. He helped out Devers. You know, th- there was videos of him work. You know, just going back, getting the fundamentals again. You know, uh, I think that's one thing Petey was always amazing at. He was always dirty, and he always stuck with the fundamentals. And there were plenty of times that you two and myself were on the podcast talking about how horrible the fundamentals were, the basics, you know, that little leaguers learn that were forgotten, you know, by an MLB team. So uh, let's go DC. Do you have any thoughts or who you might want to see to replace Bush as our pitching coach? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit. I haven't really looked into it too much. Uh, I don't really have any too, too many names on the top of my head um, to think about. Uh, and anybody that you might want to, you know, that you would love to see in that role. I mean, I would love to see a guy like Pedro Martinez, but he's not going to do something like that. You know what I mean? He's got a great gig going. Um, yeah. I don't know. Put me on the spot there, big dog. Uh, George, what about you? 
I'm with DC. I, I, I really don't have any candidates that jump right up and say, hey, this guy might work. I mean, generally, pitching coaches are not star pitchers. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they were kind of journeymen, uh, you know, learned their craft and had, had some success. Uh, I, I really couldn't even venture a guess of who the Sox might be looking at. Yeah. Uh, the ma- uh, major league roster wasn't the only one that's to get, start getting rid of some people. Triple uh, A team got rid of the pitching coach, Paul Abbott and the assistant hitting coach, uh, Mike Monville. Uh, man, it, it's, it's kind of like if you bring in people up and they're not, and they don't seem to be ready. Bush wasn't able to sit there and help them out. You send them back down and the pitching coach still wasn't able to work with them very well. Like the Red Sox is pitching is the number one thing they got to. And then it's defense. So I love how so far we're what a week, week and a half in the playoffs and they're already addressing key problems throughout the season. So, uh, DC, do you possibly think this is a good omen so far that the ownership and the people that are putting the wheels in motion until we get a GM actually addressing what we need? I mean, I think, sorry, my daughter's in the background going nuts. Oh, it's okay. Um, it's okay. I mean, I think it's a good move because obviously we're already a step behind still waiting to, uh, you know, hire Hein Bloom's replacement. So I think you got to make a lot of these moves, you know, while you can to kind of keep on pace. The one thing I worried about <laughs> was, uh, you know, not hiring a replacement and then going into free agency, how, you know, how Ken Kennedy said it was be a, a broad search. Um, so, you know, it just worries me that we might get a little bit behind, you know, signing some big names that are out there. I don't want to miss out on guys like Yamamoto or Aaron Nola. You know, just because we don't have a guy in charge. Um, not sure where that power lays. I think uh, George is right. I think Eddie Romero is the one running the show right now. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good thing. You know, they kind of got to save face and show that they're they're trying because obviously the fan base is pretty upset with the ownership team right now. So I think it's probably the smartest decision on their part. And I'm happy with it. I'd rather to get the ball rolling sooner than later. Uh, one person that we could probably pretty much say is off the table to replace Heim Bloom. And that's the the uh, Diamondbacks uh Hazen. Uh George, what what do you think uh, about the job he's doing so far over there in Arizona? And you know, the playoffs they're one they're one win away from advancing and eliminating the Dodgers of all teams. Yeah, Hazen has done an outstanding job. Um he's done a great job in drafting. He's got a good, he's got a very good young team uh, that uh, I don't think really recognize how good they are. Uh, and you're right, I don't think that they pry him loose uh, and get him back into Boston. It would be nice, but I, I don't see the Diamondbacks letting that happen. Uh, yeah, he's done an outstanding job, and you're right. And you're right. The, the D-backs win tonight. You know, they send the Dodgers packing, and that that will be that'll be a story. You know. No. So. Now, what is the rule? Once the team is eliminated from the playoffs, then they can talk to GMs? I think that's how it goes. I mean, I'm sure there's background feelers, you know, yeah. third, third parties. You know, plus Hazen, Hazen knows 
you know, everybody in Boston, you know, he's probably tech you know, they're all friends, you know, behind yeah. the scenes, you know, so, uh, you know, the, the quote, you know, informal discussions might've happened, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's the rule. I think you have to be eliminated before you can have real talk so that you don't, uh, you know, upset the team that's still in the playoffs. It's not like college football where, you know, people get two games to go on the season and somebody already gets hired for the next best job and he's out and they screw that over, but not, yeah. not in this case. Well, well, DC, uh, one of your good friends, Andrew Parker, he, uh, he went and tweeted out yesterday, uh, Christian Arroyo, Caleb Hamilton, and Kyle Bearclaw will have all elected free agency. So Arroyo and Barraclaw, I don't think they make much of a difference, elected free agency. My big thing is Caleb Hamilton because he was possibly the only MLB-ready catcher that could come up if uh, Wong or um, McGuire get hurt. So what do the Red Sox do now that they have, you know, Technically, no major league ready catcher able to come up. Kyle Teal is there, but he is far away from being MLB ready. Uh, I mean, that's a good question. Obviously, I think they're they're very sold on Connor Wong. Um, I'm not a big fan of Reese McGuire, but they obviously see something and then I don't. So like you said, if one of them go down, I think they go out and sign a, sign a veteran this offseason. Um, the guy that's on the fringe, you know what I mean? Just looking for a job. And, uh, you know, keep him in the minors until he's ready. And then as far as Bearclaw and Arroyo, that doesn't surprise me. Arroyo probably wants to catch on somewhere. Obviously, he wants consistent. I mean, he's not going to get that consistent at ABs and A majors, I don't think. But maybe it's a better opportunity to be on the on the team itself um, and not spending time back in AAA than backing up. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think they go outside that for catcher. Okay, George? Yeah, I, I think so. Um I wouldn't hazard a guess in terms of candidates, but there's enough guys out there that are, you know, getting along in their careers that would be happy to have a contract. And if they bounced up and down and, you know, they'd be okay with it. So let's, uh, let's broaden the horizons a little bit. Let's talk MLB postseason so far, because <laughs> man, it's, it, it's a crazy one. The AL East is 0 and 7. I know I know DC that uh our good friend Josh has been going crazy, you know, with the whole Orioles. But going against that Rangers team is something different. And going against Nathan Ovaldi, this is playoff Ovaldi. Uh what big surprises have you seen or have you thought so far in the postseason? I mean, obviously, I got to touch on Arizona. They've been doing something that obviously I don't think anybody even thought they'd get close to. They're on the brink of eliminating the Dodgers, which is a, a juggernaut. Um, and even the Twins. I mean, I know they lost the other day, but uh, take one in Houston. I think that was huge. Um, they surprised me. I mean, it's really cool to see them, you know, get in and make some noise. Obviously, I, I think Houston takes that, but I think the biggest surprise is uh, Arizona. I'm not too surprised with. Orioles, I mean, they just need a little bit more pitching. If they piece that together, they're going to be a very, very dangerous team. I do feel bad for Josh. I was supposed to possibly go to the ALCS if uh, if they made it, they had the ticket. So, 
You seem a lot well, though. Proud of him. Yeah. No, uh, oh, man. Just, it, it, it hurts, though. You know, when you have three teams representing the AL East and we can't catch a, a, a win at all. Uh, did, did either one of you guys see uh, with the Atlanta Phillies game two, the, the catch uh, by Harris and then the throw out, you know, because Harper. Did any of you guys catch that at all? I saw highlights of it. They're it's doing well right now, though, the Phillies. I think they're up 7-1 or something. Maybe even more. Yeah. Yeah, 7-1, top six. You know, you sit there and think that the playoffs are could be going all over the place. You know, if the Braves get eliminated by the Phillies and then the Dodgers are out, you know, you have Phillies, Arizona. I don't think nobody could have picked that, you know. Uh, man, Houston's leading against Minnesota, but aren't they back at Minnesota right now? Yeah. So. Yes. And then, you know, Texas is just, Texas is just waiting. So, and to even think about giving Ovaldi, you know, days rest where he can start again. That's crazy because we know from, uh, 2018, Avaldi just wants the rock. So, George, what about you? What are some uh, things in the playoffs that surprised you so far? Well, remember early in the summer when we thought all three wild cards were coming from the AL East? Uh, I, you know, everybody got swept. Okay, and that that says a lot. You know, Toronto's young core was supposed to be a force. Right now, not so much. Uh, the Rays with the injuries and other nonsense, you know, see also Wanda Franco, it caught up to them. They got they started out out of the gate like gangbusters and then, you know, kind of barely hung on towards the end. Uh, they couldn't draw 20,000 20, fans for a postseason game. That tells you a lot right there. And, you know, after this, I, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if the, their model is is working. Um. You know, they're, they're, they're built for a sprint, not for a marathon. Uh, and the second person, I, the other person who might be, I think might be in the hot seat is Kevin Cash. You know, um, he hasn't been able to deliver. And, um, you know, it's all about results. Now, I, I agree with DC. You know, it, it wasn't a bad thing the Orioles lost. Okay. Uh, they're a good, they're, they're a nice young team. They It'll be a good experience for them. Next year, we'll see the, – the big thing with them will be, did they learn something? Did they take a step forward or a step back? If they take a step back, not not necessarily a bad thing because they can coalesce around the nucleus. And plus, their farm system is still potent. My goodness. Um, twins, it's nice to figure that they learned how to win in October again. Uh, you know, Houston looks like they're ready to repeat, and Texas is running a very hot hand right now, and they are dangerous. Watch out. National League, you know, Diamondbacks and Phillies look like they're they're out to get it, and the Phillies are on a revenge tour. Okay, they want that badly. Um, you know, and the D-backs, they, I don't think they know how good they are. That's a scary thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this postseason's been, you know, pretty interesting. You know, in the games, you know, in terms of action, um, are they? 
I think the only the ALCS and the NLCS may be longer than you know four games, but you know the World Series, no matter who comes out, it looks like it's going to be a seven game series. This has been a good postseason for you know watch fans watching baseball. Yeah, uh, uh, I said I seen a tweet out there, which was kind of uh, kind of made me chuckle. Uh, I think Tyler Milken uh, is the one that set, put it out there that Abreu and Valdez had the same amount of postseason uh, hits as, uh, as Vasquez. As Vasquez, and I was and, I, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, he hasn't even played yet. You yeah. know, they they have him sitting on the bench and. You know that's that's something pretty funny there. So, yeah. uh, me personally, I'm looking at the hungriest team. It's got to go to the Phillies. Uh, you know, Aaron Nola is in contract year. He's doing everything that he can. Zach Wheeler looks amazing. Like he was one heck of a signing for them. Uh, Harper is doing you know Bryce Harper things. It, it, yeah. it seems to me like. Okay, yeah, he was drafted by the Nationals, but his attitude and mentality kind of make me believe he is definitely a fit for the city of Philadelphia. What do you think, DC? Bryce? Sorry, cut out a little bit there. Yeah, Bryce Harper. Yeah, I think he relates really well with the fans, that blue-collar you know, kind of attitude. Uh, I think it's a, a home run of a signing. Um, I think he was bred for that city. I'm really happy that they have him. Stoke, jealous, though. Yeah. Uh, let's sit there and uh, let's bring this back a little bit. DC, you requested it. So let's bring her back. Fair or foul? So we, we got we got to get more of these fair or foul questions in here uh, at all times because sometimes I, ca- I kind of miss them too, DC. So the first fair or foul question... DC is going to love this one. Alex Verdugo had a better season than uh, than Yoshida. DC, you're up. I'm going to go foul. Um, I think offensively, Yoshida got him. They both tailed off for the second half of the year. Um, defensively, obviously, Verdugo has him. I think that's where a lot of his war comes from is his defense. But uh, offensively, you know, Verdugo, or Verdugo had less home runs, less RBIs. Worst batting average, his OPS was 40 or 50 points lower. I think Yoshida has him. George? Yeah, I'd say foul as well. Uh, for all the reasons DC noted, um, it's, you know, if, if the defense, yeah, far and away better. I mean, you know, you can't even compare the two. But everything else was there. And, uh, you know, considering the adjustment that Yoshida made to, you know, American baseball, I think it was great. And I will follow you guys with foul. I, but now Alex what? Verdugo, Alex Verdugo <laughs> had. Did the I better, hear that right, DC? He I'm, had I'm the he had the better moments. He had he had more moments that meant more to the season than Yoshida. But stats don't lie. So Yoshida had a better season than Verdugo. So, George, next up, Jaron Duran is on the trading block. Fair. 
fair. What, what I makes think you think that? I, I, well, I think you saw enough of him this year and the changes that he made to his game that he demonstrated that he can get on base. And when he gets on base, he's explosive. I mean, we know that, okay, because he's got jets for feet. Um, he is not a great outfielder. Let's 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 be honest, okay? Uh, playing center field is not his forte. Uh, he's he's out there because he can run under a ball and catch it. Uh, I think they're going to try to sell high here. Um, I think that you know some of the other background stuff with him. I think that the team wants to get away from. But I, I think there's a there's a team out there that will say, yeah, I want a young, speedy outfielder, and um, who can hit. And go the opposite direction. So I, I think he's definitely a, a candidate to go. Okay, DC. What about you? Yeah, I'm gonna go fair. I think it'd be irresponsible not to put him on the block, or at least you know put him out there in uh, in offers. They have uh, a lot of needs. Um, they have a lot of left handing left hand hitting uh, outfielders. You know, a plethora of them. So if you can move one in a deal or in a package to get a guy like Corbin Burns, you know, something like that, I think he definitely got to pull a trigger. Um, sell high like george said he obviously had a really good spurt there then he had some injuries and you know the mental health came up again um not saying that's a reason to get away from him but if you can uh sell high on him now and get a good piece you know why not i definitely think you have to i will go foul uh for the reason of he was injured at the end of the season so people might not try to give you the best package you know, considering uh, two, George, I think you're 100% right. He's not a center fielder. We got Sedane Raphael for that. But I think okay. if you can move him to a corner, I think that that ups him a lot better. You know, it, it, it gives him a better chance. I can see him moving over to the right field spot. And oh no, I see no. him doing fine over there. If you're gonna keep him, if you're gonna keep him, I think he plays left field because I don't, I, I, I don't. I don't think he has the makeup, especially at Fenway, to handle the right handle the right field in in Fenway. I think he's fine in left field, you know, as a uh, something less than a center fielder in left field. But I, I just don't see it, particularly at Fenway. I just don't see him making that adjustment. That's just my opinion. Do you think Verdugo uh, is going to get traded? Take his spot in right field? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, I I, I don't think Verdugo is going to going to make it to the season. No, I he's agree. Gone. I agree. I just I wanted you to say it out loud. You know, I want you to start the acceptance. You know, the hey. <laughs> DC. I will sit there and be the first. I I loved them the whole first half of the season. <clears throat> I was I was a hundred percent. I'm getting choked up over here, man. Uh, I, I was a hundred percent. You know, on him. You know, just because I knew he was going to be our leadoff man. There was no one else that could do it. Nobody. And I respect him for that. So, but I I think Jared Duran will be uh, be on the team. I don't think Verdugo will be. So You said crazier things. So, you know, you said Verdugo was going to lead off and Verdugo fucking let off. So, yeah, no, I mean, sorry. Yeah. I got all off the rails there. I'm no, no, it's it's fine, man. Uh, next up, we're gonna go DC. We're gonna hit, we're gonna hit you hard in the heart. The Red Sox will trade Chris Sale this off season. 
So I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to go foul. And the re I say that for a couple of reasons. Well, basically one good reason is, yeah, we don't have a new uh, chief of baseball, you know, officer yet. Um, but just the fact that Cora put that out there that, you know, right now he'd be going in as the opening day starter shows that Cora wants him around. You know what I mean? Cora wouldn't say that if he didn't, not saying he deserves that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they get two, at least two frontline guys. I hope they do anyway. Um, but I'm still hanging my hat on moving him to the bullpen. Put him in a one one inning role. I know it's an expensive, you know, price for him, but better than him making five starts and spending two or three months on the IL. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna go foul just by the the comments made by Alex Cora. And I think I don't I mean I don't know if they're thinking that, but I'd really like to see him go to the bullpen. I think he'll be better there, you know, short spurts. Um obviously relievers can get hurt too, but I think I don't know. I think with that gas, he would fare pretty well at the back end of the bullpen. I'm not saying have him close games or anything, but obviously if it came down to it, put him out there, see what happens. I think Kenley's gone after this year, so I mean, so is Sale at this point. So that's a moot point. So never mind. Okay, George, what about you? Fair. I've said it a lot lately. I mean, and DC's point is, and we've discussed it here, is the fact that. Um, yeah, I like to see him in the bullpen, but right now the, the bullpen is a strength of this team. Okay, there is a contending team that will want Chris Sale, but I think the Red Sox have seen enough. It's like, you know, they, they close their eyes, you know, fold their hands and pray, dear God, please let him be healthy. All right, and you can't go through a season like that. You know, he's he's extremely fragile. All right, and. Given the, where this team is, yeah, can't put the mantle of, you know, uh, number one or even he really isn't. He's more like a number three these days. But, you know, he's out there and sees himself as a number one. And he's one pitch away from being on the DL. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have a stop button. All right. Mm -hmm. He goes out there and airs it out all the time. And that's what gets him in trouble. You know, he doesn't he does not control that adrenaline rush when he gets it and he gets pumped up. So. I think the Red Sox say, all right, you know what? I got one year. They'll probably have to eat anywhere between 50 and 75% of his con uh, between uh, probably 50% of his contract. I don't think they may only may only have to eat 40%. Somebody will want him. All right. It feels that they, they need to make a difference. I think that comes if they get, if they get like a Nola and a Burns. Okay. I think if you see those two signings, Chris Hill's days are numbered here, okay? Because they can bail and they can slot four and five, and you know if they sign if they if they sign, uh, you know everybody's favorite unicorn, then all bets are off. He's definitely out the door. But if you see them sign Nola and Burns or something along those lines, Chris Hill's on a train out of here. Well. Going off of what you said, George, I'm going to go fair also for one big reason. I think Sale and, half, and paying half of his contract, along with Whitlock and a few others, are going to be offered to Milwaukee for Burns. So I see, I see Sale not being here. Uh, but on... On the opposite side of that, if we don't get two starters, then we have to keep them. 
and 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 that that's just really a bad thing to look at. Like I don't, I don't, I don't see us getting Nola. Not the way he's been playing. I think he might end up giving the Phillies a home count, a hometown discount to stay there. But when when we were talking to uh, this past week and. Uh, Chris uh, was talking about, you know, if we sign Otani, Yamamoto, and uh, who do you say? He said Burns or oh, no, uh, Montgomery, someone like that. Montgomery, yeah. He goes, we have two starters this year, and then we got the third one for, you know, the following year that could bump Bayo back to a four. Like, I, I like his thinking in that, you know, uh, but – do we want to sit there and put all of our eggs in one basket with the hopes of Otani can pitch, you know, as good as he has or not. So that's, uh, that's something there. But personally, I'm going to say sale will be traded. I don't know if it's going to be at the beginning of the season, midway in the season, you know, at the trade deadline, but I don't see him finishing out the entire season. So I think, I think he's gone at the winter meetings. George, next up, I know, I, I know that, that's why I didn't want to even ask you, DC, because uh, I, I know you and Sale go way back. So, but George, next up, fair or foul? Tristan Casas does not get an extension this offseason. Ooh. I think fair. I think that the Red Sox are probably going to hold off a year and probably give it to them at the end of next year. DC, what about you? I'm going to agree with George. I go fair. Um, I think they have a lot more other needs they need to, to lock up. Obviously, he's a very crucial part to our future, but, you know, just for flexibility, you know, reasons, I think they, they hold off until at least next year after the season. Go in other pieces yeah. that they really need right now. Yeah, I will follow you guys and say fair also, just because of you know we have to work on defense, we have to work on starting pitching. Like starting pitching, like I I wouldn't care if we went out and signed three starting pitchers. Like I shit you not, I would love that. Uh, but I. I don't know. Like it's it's crazy how so much we need, but but offensively, we, we were we were you know close to the top in almost every category on offense. Just need consistency on offense. Yeah. Yeah. And back, you know, fix up the the base running. I think we ran into a lot of outs that uh you know screwed the game for us. I forget what game it was that oh it was against uh, the Dodgers when uh, they're in the bottom of the ninth and. Connor Wong round second without looking runs yep. into it, you know, the runner on third, you know, stuff like that happens at the wrong time. Yeah. So uh, let's go DC. You're up fair or foul. Let's see. Justin Turner will be a red in the Red Sox uniform next year. I'm going to be optimistic and say fair. I think he loves it here. You know, obviously it was only one year that he spent here, but Created ties with the community. His, you know, his wife seems to like it. Um, I do all those events in Boston, which I know they they did in LA. But um, 
I think they, they find a way to keep him around. He's one of the most consistent bats we had in the lineup and, you know, playing on one foot for half the season, if not more, and still putting out those numbers is impressive. That's the kind of guy you want in the locker room. Um, we talked about it since he got hit in the head, you know, in the face since spring training. Um, mm-hmm. Just having that presence and that that veteran leadership is huge, and I think they I think they bring him back. George, what about you? Yeah, I think that I think that the Red Sox desperately need him in the clubhouse. You know, uh, turn a tough season two. Uh, he we know what he brought. He he did. He obviously loved the city. Okay. He, you know, um, he made a difference in the clubhouse. I mean, you could see that. And if the team is going to get better with, a, with some young players, uh, you need that, that steadying hand as, as a veteran. And he, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's an approachable guy. Plus, you know, you're t- trying to teach him to play the right way. Can you think of anybody else that you'd rather have uh, as an example? I can't. Okay, me, I, this is tough for me because the person that I want them to sign can only play one position this year. And if they sign Otani, we can't have JT play first or third, but we need his leadership there. Because I don't think there's anybody else, maybe Trevor Story, you know, Chris Sale, that has some good leadership skills. Like, other than that, we have a, we have a young team, a relatively young team. And going through a lot of changes, too, with leadership. You know, I mean, obviously the manager's still there, but front office, you know, changes, you know, the pitching, you know, third base coach, obviously infield instructor. I mean, there's a lot of changes going on, so you need a little bit of stability. And like I said, he's only been here a year, but I think he adds that, you know, to a lineup, to a clubhouse. Yeah, like he, he came in and he took that leadership role, you know, and he didn't take it like on his own. It was just the, the guidance he was able to give, you know, to everybody. The class act that he was able to, I might be hurt, but I'm still going to play. Right. You know, like like that's 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 a first class act there. It, it's hard for me. I, I'm gonna say the ball went over, went over, but Verdugo what you know reached out and caught it. So I'm gonna stay away from that one personally. You know, because I want Turner to stay, but I want Otani to be DH also. So it's it, it's a toss up for me. So next up, fair or foul? We'll go with George. Um, let's go fair or foul that the Red Sox next year will still be left-handed heavy in the lineup. I think that's fair. Unless they do some really drastic changes. Um, if you go around the infield, you know, first and third are left-handed hitters. Uh, you know, Yoshida is a left-handed hitter in left field. Uh, you know, Verdugo, if he stays, he's a lefty. You know, Duran. Uh, you know, they need they need some right-handed bats. You know, and you know, there's been some talk. You know, and you guys know I love Juan Soto, and I'd love to see him here. But you know, he's another left-handed bat. I, I, you know, unless they suddenly do some real wholesale changes, yeah, and they're, they're going to be left-handed heavy. It's the nature of what they are. It's also going to kill you because now, now, 
now teams can set up against you. Yeah. DC, uh, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say it's fair, but I think by a small margin. I don't think anything like this year. Um, I'm still manifesting that they go out and make a trade for Luis uh, Robert. Um, and I want them to still sign uh, Tim Anderson. He's a player option. Put, put him at second base. You know, adds a little bit of two right-handed bats. Obviously, that's a wish list and a half because obviously it's going to take some key pieces to get Robert. But I think um, you put those two in the lineup, you know, shuffle it around a little bit. I think that makes some noise, you know, fill in the starters. So I think they're going to they're going to be left-handed heavy, but I think, you know, maybe 5-4 at this point. Is Merrifield, is he is he a right-handed bat? By I think chance? switch. He's a switch? So I'm pretty he, sure. He, I could be wrong about that. Uh, I'm going to sit there and say fair that they will be left-handed heavy again. It's They have too many pieces to, to try to trade that are left-handed bats. You know, unless you're going to trade a two two lefties for a righty, you know that makes some pop. Like it's oh, that's hard. right. Sorry. Oh, okay. So I, yeah. I, George stole my thunder. I want Merrifield to come in. He played second base. He plays outfield. You know, I like him a lot. He, uh, and and he's he's been around for quite some time. He'll steal you some bags too, which is huge. Yep. You know, especially this day and age, we got to. Kind of adapt, you know, with the with the games going, with all the stolen bases. I think adding speed, um, having the other guys like Rafael, who has a well story, can steal you 15, 20. You have you add a guy like Maryfield in there. Maryfield in there. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean that's a that's a win, and he'd be pretty cheap, I think, because he's like 30. He's 30. 30 36. 36. 30, I, I want I want to say 36. So he actually might be a little bit younger, like 33, 34, but I could be wrong. No, I, I I want to say 35, 36. So, George, George is right 35. there looking it up right now. Yeah, it'll be 35 next year, yeah. So. Uh, you know, plus, you know, you put three guys with speed in the lineup. It's not just stealing bases. It's, you know, station to station stuff. You know, first to third, second at home. Uh, you know, that, that makes a difference, you know, and you can, you know, pile up some crooked numbers real quick. So. Last last one we're gonna sit there and do fair or foul. It has nothing to do with the Red Sox, but Acuna will not get a NL MVP. Where I'll let DC go first. That's tough, but you know, looking at the numbers, a year that he had, I don't see how you don't give it to him. So I think it's foul. I think he gets it, but. I've been surprised before with these before, so. George? Foul. He deserves it. I mean, his numbers are incredible this year. You know, he's he, he's an athlete. And I think the the new rules have actually made him a better player. Mm -hmm. you know, because of his ability to steal bases, he's got power, he's got speed. I mean, he's got it all. And uh, he's he's fun to watch play. Yeah, uh, it's just a shame that, you know, we might not watch too much more of him in the postseason, you know, with the Phillies where they're playing. Yeah, uh, midway through the seventh, and it's eight to two now. So I'm I'm going to say foul. I don't know. Has there ever – how long or has there ever been a co-MVP? 
Because I don't know. A lot of the writers were talking, a lot of people, about Mookie Betts' season. So, I don't know. It could be a co, you know, it could be – it's it's crazy. Like you never go. I don't think we're ever going to see a forty seventy again, ever. But then again, you know, Acuna could go out and do it again next year too. Yeah. So, but I I, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those crazy things where we think it's going to be a sure lock, and it, it might not be. You know, because because we're just looking at his stolen bases and his home runs instead of the complete player. You know, Freddie Freeman's another one that's looking, you know, as MVP-type numbers. But when you look at the Dodgers lineup, you know, Mookie, Freddie, Will Smith, like, that's you're pretty well protected in that lineup for, you know, and it's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. So... But man, guys, it, it's been quite some time since uh, we've been able to sit and talk, like all three of us. So, yeah, it's not me. It's my fault. No, no, it, yeah. we're good these. I'm just saying it, it, it's. I kind of miss these moments. You know what I mean? Where we we just sit and talk. So uh, DC, uh, what what do you want to talk about now? You know, we we'll sit there and we we'll go around to close the show out. Uh, you know. We all pick a topic. Let's go. Uh, I'm just excited, you know, for the off season. I think uh, finally maybe ownership, you know, learn their lesson. Excited to see where the team is going. Obviously, we have a young team, you know, a lot of aspects, a lot of young guys that are coming up and, you know, be starting the year with the, the team. Really excited to see how, you know, Devers come back and responds defensively next year. I think he'll put a lot of work in this off season. Really excited to see how free agency turns out. I don't know if that's going to turn into a disappointment, but like I said, I think they, they've learned their lesson, even though they should have, you know, a long time ago, especially with the, the amount of money they charge for, you know, tickets, everything at Fenway. I think this, you know, about time they get back to the, you know, the old Red Sox. I'm not saying to go out and throw a bunch of money at somebody, but, you know, make a splash. You know, I, I think contracts like Chris Sale, you know, Carl Crawford um, makes them a little nervous. Just looking forward Bobble to see who they bring in. Oh, yeah. Wall, yeah. I actually try to forget him. I'm glad I'm really sad that you brought that up. <laughs> but uh no, I'm excited to see where we're gonna go this offseason. Really excited for the free agency. Just want to make a splash. Just please. My my biggest Pablo Sandoval moment I remember was being at a game, guy on second base, he comes up and I and I get up to leave, and the person next to me is like, The game's not over yet. I said, Yeah, it is. Sandoval's gonna strike out. And he and he and he struck out on a ball that hit in front of the plate and bounced home, and he swung. I'm like, told you, it, it, was, it was horrible. So, George, what about you? Uh, for me, it's what the Red Sox do in the off season. I mean, there there's a lot riding on their uh, selection of the next CBO. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Eddie Romero is that guy. He's certainly, he, you know, they Sam Kennedy put him in charge in the interim, and he's he's starting to show that he can do the job. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. Uh, I think they're 
currently debating right now inside is do they need to go outside of the organization? They have a lot of talented people inside the organization that were kind of marginalized when John Henry decided to go, uh, you know, with the latest, you know, hot thing and go Tampa Bay, you know, in Boston. Uh, and they and they brought in Bloom. I think a lot of guys may have gotten their noses bent out of joint a little bit. Um, you know, I think the, the farm system is in great shape. I think that you got to keep that dynamic together and intact, but you got to build on it. And that building is internal pitching. All right, it is the one thing they've fallen short on. You know, we all know that. Um, you know, they got they need starting pitching and they got to play better defense. You know, these are the keys for me. These are the things I'm going to be looking at. What did they do to get better? And don't, you know, don't sign some has-been. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, five years ago, he's a defensive whiz kid. You know, he's lost three steps, you know. You know, you know Jose Iglesias would have been a good ch- choice as a utility infielder. He would have played a hell of a better shortstop than Kike did. But, you know, he's not the answer right now. So, you, you know, you don't want to get, you don't want to get lied to. Uh, this is, this is, Serious stuff, and we talked about it. You know, when we had the postseason grades, you know, um, it's weekend. That's going to be. That's not going to be a. That's not going to be a love fest. Especially, you know, when you when the team just down the drain again, and they've got to stand up there in front of the fans and go, "Give me business." So I think there's a lot to be said about that. So I'm going to be looking very closely at the front office and see what kind of messages they're sending, you know, by the people that they hire and some of the actions that they do. So. Yeah, uh, me personally, I think it's going to be a, another slow off season where a lot of the bigger names might not get signed till after winter weekend. Uh, but as long as the Red Sox are making this some changes periodically, you know, additions to make the team better before free agency even starts. Uh, I think that's a good thing to go in, in the right direction for us. Uh, I, I think we have the, a great young core, but our main thing we need, and if we don't get is starting pitching. So we, we have to make a splash of free agency. It, it might not be the first day. Might not be the first week, but it's it's got to be you know made. And it's got to happen. So, guys, want to thank uh, everybody for tuning in and listening. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Check out the uh, and download our episodes. Go over to your YouTube if you want to watch the live shows. Uh, head on over to our website. You know, get yourself a pesky podcast shirt. You know, get your wife a pesky party girl shirt. You know, sit down and listen to the podcast to, to, together. Uh, you know, and well, for my man DC, for the OG George Sutherland and myself, thanks for tuning in to the pesky podcast. Until next time.